3: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens,
0: talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
2: A.M., we're inside the nine o'clock hour talking Jets on the fan. We just had uh, Zach Rosenblatt from the Athletic. I mean, he gave us some info. I swear I have like so many things in my notes and his tweets and things that I want to ask him. And (laughs) I say a bunch of things and then I figure out how to get to the question. But he always does a good job. So now let's get to the phones and take your calls and your questions at 877 337 6666 on what you think the Jets rest of the season looks like, the rest of uh, their quarterback plans, are they going to be a playoff team, or is this going to literally be the same as last year, where they fall off a cliff and they lose six games in a row and they miss the postseason again, and then we're just on to Aaron Rodgers' watch for the next year. I've I've been on record saying Aaron Rodgers ain't coming back. I understand the Jedi mind trick. It's good for morale, you know. Get some of the players to play a little harder, whatever. I don't care how hard you play. Maybe some of these guys were pressing a little too hard, uh, trying to make up for Zach Wilson. But Zach's the guy. You can't get away from him. Number two overall pick. Uh, you had no plans of him being the quarterback this year. That's why you did everything to get Aaron Rodgers. And we're still here again watching all of these Zach Wilson starts. Where yeah, he's made progress. We've given him credit for the progress. But it's not good enough. Dan is in Holbrook, New York. Dan, what's up, man? You're on the fan.
1: Hey, Keith. How you doing? Good, good. Um, Look, I just don't think that um, Dollar has the power to to pull Zach Wilson. I I just – I see the man's face on the sideline. I think he looks like a man that just got his Corvette scratched by his wife with his keys. It's something's off. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I think it's Douglas and it's Woody Johnson – I don't think I think they're real being real influential about what with, with Zach Wilson's position on the team is, and I don't think Robert Sala has the power to pull him as a QB.
2: No, and I think you're right. Good good call. I'll say this, man. I remember in Hard Knocks how they marveled at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's day and night when you go from watching Zach Wilson to watching Aaron Rodgers. And uh Rob Sala was a cheerleader. Like, oh, that that quarterback's pretty good, buddy. I, I remember him just like marveling at the throws he made, Jeff Ulbricht in the meeting saying, We're in every single game this year. <laughs> We're in every single game this year because that's our quarterback. You see that throw? There's only one guy on the planet that can make that throw. Now you happen to be uh, you know, 50 in every game this year. I mean, you're in every game because of the defense. But, man, it's crazy to think about how actually good the Jets would have been if they had Aaron Rodgers. He, like, Aaron Rodgers makes up for the inefficient. Like, Aaron Rodgers, his decision-making, his football knowledge, him being a guru, being able to read defenses, him being able to just understand Nathaniel Hackett's offense and go out there, the, the Jets would be a complete different team. It sucks, man. But with Zach Wilson, going back to what Dan just said, yeah, I don't think Rob Sala wants to run him out there. I think Rob Sala, as a defensive-minded coach who has game-planned against uh, top quarterbacks in the NFL, has played against Aaron Rodgers. He knows what he's looking at. But it starts at the top, um, and I know there's conspiracy theorists about uh, Zach and his family and Woody and why they even chose him and Joe Douglas. And I think it's nuts, man, to hit your wagon to this kid again. To literally keep going out there, knowing, hey, this guy doesn't doesn't have it. Uh, we could be doing a lot better. He leaves a lot to be desired. No, I don't. I don't think you can do it, Do that again this year because last night I was on here talking about you're you're wasting guys' careers. You're wasting uh, valuable time, young guys to old guys. A veteran like C.J. Mosley, you're wasting some of the last best years he has athletically at the linebacker position. That's not right. You know, you had to pay Quinn and Williams. Pretty soon you're going to have to pay Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner. Like that window that you have on their rookie deals is not forever, and you're wasting time. You could be better. You could be back to the postseason with a little bit better quarterback play. It is crazy that they have done so much to coddle Zach Wilson and cover Zach Wilson to the point where you had Mike White here. You let him go back home to Florida, didn't want to pay him, Because Aaron Rodgers comes in here with his influence and says, no, 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 no. Uh, I want to repair my image. I want to be the guy that mentors Zach Wilson over the next two, three years and then hands him the keys to the franchise and he's a better quarterback. And they can say, see, Aaron Rodgers did care about his teammates. Don't go out and get a QB2 as insurance for me. There's been no insurance. They actually didn't take out the insurance claim for Aaron Rodgers if he got hurt, and then we found out that the Packers had been doing that the last few years. But they just went out there and, I nah, don't worry about it. We're all good. And then they didn't have the insurance as far as having a solid quarterback, too, to not waste another year with Zach Wilson when you knew he was one play away. Mario's in Long Beach. What's up, Mario? You're on the fit. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling in. Keith, you doing a good job. Uh, you know, you know it's very
4: interesting about this whole thing. What you know, with Wilson. I'm a, I'm a Jet, uh, Jet Knicks and uh, Yankee fan. So uh, you know, it's very interesting about thing. What is the alternative? Now, now if you look at the team, right? They have a, a terrible offensive line. Nobody could argue that, right? They they have receivers that are dropping the ball, and they also have a million penalties on offense. So this is not the three things you want to hear if you're any quarterback let alone Zach Wilson so I don't see first of all Trevor Simeon I don't know if you watched him a lot he could hardly move he'll get sacked a hundred times he's not the answer the other guy Boyle I don't know anything about him I don't know if you do if you watch him at all
2: I mean I don't think we've gotten an opportunity much in the NFL I think he got a start for the Lions that I saw two years ago um, but at this point what do you have to really lose I mean Zach's youth and athleticism and Strong arm is one thing, but it doesn't match up with his brain. It doesn't match up with his football sense. It doesn't match up with his instincts. The kid doesn't have the feel. So what do you have to lose? Like, put Timmy Boyle or Trevor Simeon out there, and maybe they they make the easy plays. They At least they get the easy plays done. Like, they make the uh, basic, like, you know, doable. Maybe they can't do the miraculous, but maybe you can get by with them taking what the defense gives them. Right. I just have one point, and then I'll, I'll listen to your response. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, this
4: is this would be my response to that. I think that they, this guy can really throw. I, I don't really like him a lot. I believe everything you're saying is true, and I trust your judgment because you are a quarterback. But I think what they need to do is gear some offense towards what he's good at. Let him roll out a little bit. Right. Uh, let have a couple of quarterback runs. Do a, let let him. Go to the no-huddle offense, because I noticed when, I don't know if you noticed this, but when he when he couldn't, when he didn't have to think so much, when he could just go no-huddle real fast, he was making sure, better the, plays. You know, Look what he gets against the Giants. In 24 seconds, he moves like 70 yards, right? Yeah,
2: when he's kind so, of playing backyard ball, scrambling, improvising, up-tempo, doesn't have to think, and is just slinging the ball around, he looks better, uh, but they they just can't do that all game. Thanks for the yeah, comment.
4: But, but why not? Yeah, okay.
2: No, um, go ahead. I, I didn't hang up yet. Oh, no, that's okay. Why not Why not
4: throw in a couple of series like that? See how he does. Give him some, they have, some things that's to the,
2: do like, with his... They have changed some of the play calling, but for the most part, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't want to change. I think it's crazy that they asked him to throw the ball 50 times last night and, and then in the rain the week before 36 times when his strong thank suit is... Thank you much. Thank you for yeah. the call. His strong suit is not, okay, I'm sitting in a pocket, I'm reading the defense, I'm going to read the, Like he, He's not that kind of guy. And I know. Okay, you can't roll them out. You can't cut the field in, in half all the time. Okay, get you got to get creative. I think Nathaniel Hackett. I, I don't think I I don't think we thought enough about what went on in Denver last year. We were so blinded by Aaron Rodgers that we thought, oh, they got Nathaniel Hackett. He's friends with Aaron Rodgers. He won MVPs with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is definitely coming here. Okay, but that's now your offensive coordinator. And him without Aaron Rodgers, he's not that good of an offensive coordinator, clearly. Clearly, they can't get in the end zone. And he talks about the red zone being the gold zone. They have no gold, gold member. Like, they, they, they have no gold. They can't score unless Brees Hall breaks one or they you know, the defense allows you to score. And everybody keeps going back to that Chiefs game that they lost. And Zach fumbled the ball away. And we tried to give him credit. For progress, right? Because the week before he was terrible in the elements against the Patriots, and I and I said I give the kid credit. He stood up on Sunday Night Football. He could have folded with the world watching. But man, I mean, these last two games he has not been good. I, I get so tired of watching him miss open wide receivers, stoning the ball. He he emphatically stones the ball when the screen isn't there and the play isn't there. He can't wait to 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 spike that ball in the ground. This, this kid stepped out of bounds, took a loss when he could have thrown the ball away. He flicks the ball to Michael Carter when there's green grass for you to run and put your head down and go get the first and maybe fire up the team and the fan base. And you, It's just you're not thinking. Paralysis by analysis. I, I'd have to make the change. I'd have to think that Timmy Boyle has been in the system long enough that if he gets a little bit of protection, which I was reading a Zach Rosenblatt tweet last night. People act like Zach was getting one second of time to throw the ball. They said he was getting, on average, 3.76. I, last night I was on the fan counting out. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Throw the ball. Get rid of it, please. But you don't know where to go with it, so you can't. And then you hold on to it thinking, oh, this guy's going to come open, and I've got a strong enough arm to fit it in this window and make the sack.
0: He doesn't have a brain. <laughs> it's it, sick. <laughs> it, he doesn't have a brain for football. I'm sorry. The guy doesn't have a football acumen, an ounce of it, in his body. And I want to believe. I, I I want Zach to succeed. I want it. He's awful. He is absolutely awful. Yes, the offensive line sucks. Yes, Brees Hall needs to do a little bit more. I'm sorry it does. Yes, Alan Lazard is dropping everything, and that is a factor. But these guys are now looking to play perfect football to try to make up for the fact that their quarterback is awful. He is awful, awful, awful.
2: He's So I don't want to say he's awful, awful, awful. Like he made that throw to Xavier Gibson. He, he, he... Two
0: throws in game he makes, Keith.
2: <laughs> Two out of 30.
0: What are we doing? Two out of 30. And it wouldn't even stun me. If he plays okay next week and the Jets beat the Raiders, and we're right back where we were before the Chargers game last night.
2: Yeah, game above 500. That's what I'm saying. There is a reality where this resets. You're going to lose games in the NFL. It's one bad loss, but but be- I don't know, man. I just he can't win. It's so dumb that we have to talk about this so much. Because I like I would I would never allowed this. When when his I remember being on the Thursday night when Chris Stravler got in the game. Would you reach Chris Streveler, like, come on. When you reach Chris Streveler levels of quarterbacking in the NFL and you have to bench this guy in favor of this guy and this guy actually was getting first downs and, like, driving the team, I think they might even scored. Right. And this is a guy that can't throw. I I might be able to, uh, like, right now, not even, like, talking, like, I might be able to throw with Chris Streveler on air. Like, if we go on air, on air and throw a route tree, I might be able to hang with Chris Streveler. This guy could not throw the ball.
0: No, and and that was a that was the rain game against Jacksonville where it yep. got put in there. Listen, I I don't know what's going on. Also in that building, something doesn't make sense. Salah, Joe Douglas, Woody Johnson, you can tell they're not on the same page. No, Salah, you have to know by looking at Salah and looking at his face every single He's game. He's struggling, man. When He's he sees this, but I don't know. I don't know, bro. He's the same
2: there. guy that told me after the game, we're going to win a lot of games if the quarterback plays like that, and he hasn't played like that since.
0: You you needed and that game against the Chiefs, he was a C plus. That's his ceiling. Yeah, a C plus. And people acted like,
2: not to throw my guy BT under the bus. BT got on, kid looked like a stallion. He's going
0: to be a superstar. I'm like, what? I get the positivity. I get it. Let's also just call it like it is. The we've season seen, ended we've seen, when Aaron Rodgers' Achilles popped. Yeah, and we've that's seen it. a
2: huge sample size from Zach Wilson. We've never seen a quarterback in the NFL get to struggle this much. Never in the history of the NFL have you watched a quarterback get to make this many starts and be mid at best. At best. He's he's average at best. It leaves a lot to be desired. It's crazy. Andre's in the Bronx. What's up, Dre? You're on the fan.
5: Hey, how you doing?
2: I'm good. Thanks for calling. Hey,
5: listen to me, right? Um, You know, you know your football. I mean, I think that you're awesome, you know, for the radio station. I think that you'll do big things, right? But I'm telling you, like I'm telling everybody else, how do you make a good offensive line? How do you teach good quad? Because Zach Wilson is horrible, but the dude is getting hit like 40 times a game, right? And believe me, that stuff hurts.
2: No, I okay, know. I believe me. I know, okay, but it, it mean, must not hurt enough because he's still not getting rid of the ball fast enough.
5: Well, 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 okay, that may be a fact, but he did have a few good throws no matter what. But right, I give him throws, credit.
2: I give him credit for the good yeah. throws, and Paulie's saying two in a good in the game. I'm like, there were still some yeah, some no, throws he zipped in there. But, but
5: even if you put Aaron Rodgers back there, right, with this offensive line play, you're going to get somebody literally killed back there because I'm telling you, this dude is never going to be a starting quarterback. But whoever you put back there, unless you can protect him, then you're still going to be right back when you're right. right. And
0: then with the play caller,
2: it doesn't make it any easier. The play caller is not helping him out. easy. It's not no, making no, it not any easier. No,
5: no, no, Listen, so Robin Sala, you cannot run this back next year, right? You got to get a football coach. Listen,
2: call Rex Ryan. Oh, if no, Rob know. Sala's back. And and especially if Aaron Rodgers likes him, Rob is back. Uh, they're going to look who, at this like Aaron, the Yankees, uh, injuries, mulligan. No, nah, this is just a one-off. If Aaron Rodgers would have played, things would have been different. Let's let's try it again next year. We're, yeah, we're not going to move yeah, on was, from you because of this year.
5: But who says that Aaron Rodgers is going to really come back next year? You're right. Well, he said it. Until so he comes back and they go through training camp and they get to whatever first game of the season, right, then I don't believe it. But I don't know if he's
2: even going to come back just because he's on the yeah hey, He's 40 years like, he's old. He's this is a 40-year-old quarterback. That's it's,
5: what I'm trying to tell you. Yo, listen, they need to just – I mean, listen, the defense is very good, right? Very but good. You gotta get, but you got to get some kind of offensive line play. I don't care where you get them from. I mean, go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Isn't that where Joe Douglas came from? Grab the offensive line coach and pray that he can teach these dudes how to be a unit. Because – got to get Dwayne
2: have- Brown back, and, and, that's, and thanks for the call, Dre. That's why I asked Zach Rosenblatt that last question about Roger Saffold, who we saw a former Titan they signed at the deadline. Like, why didn't you try and make a trade for an offensive lineman? And I know offensive linemen aren't just getting flipped and traded, but come on, bring somebody else in. So they bring in Roger Saffold, and we're hearing that Dwayne Brown is coming back. They should be able to make another configuration of this offensive line where they'll play better. And I, 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 I'm not ready. I know that. I know that Mitchell had a rough night. Turner, I, like, I, I'm not ready to say. uh my I mean, Mek- begged in uh, two weeks ago. Like, I'm not ready to say that the offensive line is terrible. And I'm also not ready to say that like any quarterback wouldn't survive because you know we we've seen Joe Burrow with a bad line. We we've, we've seen some quarterbacks overcome offensive line play. And what I just said about Zach Wilson, like, yeah, it hurts taking those hits. It must not hurt enough. When I played football, especially in college, the difference between high school and college, when I got to college and I started getting hit the first couple of weeks, it's like get rid of the ball. You won't take it, you won't take the hit. Nowhere to go with the ball. Distribute the pill before they get to you. That is the whole game. Said hutt, you have a certain amount of time to get the ball out of your hands. Unless you're a running quarterback, which Zach is not. He has to be sharper. He has to be faster. Have more urgency if you know your offensive line isn't that good. Phil's in Stanford, Connecticut. Our last Zach Wilson Jets call before we go to our guest. JJ's joining us in a bit. What's up, Phil?
1: Hey, Keith. Appreciate you taking the call. Um, I just want to say, kind of like everybody else has called in so far, at this point we, we've seen Zach Wilson over however many starts it of is, so 20-something, I don't, I don't know the exact number, and, you know, we just saw, I think it was L.A. sign Wentz. Um, you know, if, we, if if he comes back and he's competent and he plays well for the Rams, I think we got to start turning our eyes on Joe Douglas. I yeah. think he's got a lot of How culpability. Do How do you keep passing? How do you keep passing
2: on guys? How do you keep saying this kid's good enough and not going to a veteran quarterback when there's guys available via trade off the street?
1: It's 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 mind ba- boggling. I don't know if it, there was Wentz. I think there was. I can't remember some of the other names that were. You know, um, oh my God, I'm Jacoby Cole Brissett. McCoy. I mean, there were there there were a few guys you could have gone Bowles. after that. You know, could could run this run this offense at a decent level. I mean, Zach is such a liability. It is unbelievable. Like it's unreal you just how saw bad the, this the guy
2: Giants is. brought in Matt Barkley, and now. Uh, Jacob Eason, like there are there are other guys available that I, I think are worth a shot, but they they have hitched their wagon to Zach because, because like I said, they're dying hard on the fact that they picked up number two overall. They're paying them millions of dollars. Yep. It, it is what it is. Thanks for the call, Phil. That's another thing, too, about the millions of dollars. I was talking to one of my boys, and I'm like, bro, like I don't have any sympathy for him because of the money. And they're like, no, nah, don't say that, man. Don't say he's a kid. I'm like, no, he's a professional. It's his job. To be better. It, he's not a rookie. And I'm tired of people saying, oh, well, it's a it's a new offensive coordinator, so we got to treat this like it's his rookie year. No. I, I know you guys love to act like football is like like learning French and like French geometry and calculus. And stuff. It's not that deep, yo. It's really not that deep. It's really not that deep. He's been playing football his whole life. He's been in the NFL three years. He's not reset to being a rookie. At this point in his quarterback development, If you get paid millions, you should have a quarterback coach in the offseason. All of these guys do. I talk about Tony Raciopi all the time, who coaches Kenny Pickett, who coached Tyson Bajent, who coached Tommy DeVito, a bunch of other guys, quarterback whisperer. These guys all go to quarterback coaches in the offseason, and they work on their mechanics, they work on their reads, they work on everything. If you're being paid millions to be an NFL quarterback, how are you still looking like a rookie? When rookies like C.J. Stroud have come into the league and they look like one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. How can Josh Dobbs bounce from uh, Arizona to Minnesota and step into the game and win them a game with no practice reps doing the the cadence on the sideline? He doesn't even know his teammates' first names. That's insane. All right, we got to go get J.J. J.J. after dark. John Jaskremski is going to join me. Guess what we're going to talk about? two Yankee fans on the fan that have sat in the Delta suite and watched the Yankees over the last couple years and just have had nothing good to say about them. So we'll react to Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner's comments and the state
3: well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
2: right back at it on the fan uh this is gonna be a good one joining us right now my guy jj after dark john just what up player
6: Mr. McPherson, it's good hearing your voice, number one. Number two, the, the picture you just tweeted out, <laughs> I, I, I look a, a little disheveled. I look a little <laughs> old in that pic. You know, I'm usually a nah. baby face there, Keith. I felt like I looked 40 years old in that pic. No, nah, you're good.
2: It's just the way the light was hitting you, bro. You're good. I had the shades <laughs> enough, on. I, I had to cover out, the eyes you. that day.
6: <laughs> I <laughs> missed the day, though, Keith. You know, it's—we I've not been in that place in a couple of months now, because obviously there weren't many Yankee games to attend in August and September, and I got news for you. (laughs) I don't think we'll be spending October next year at the bodega. Just throwing that
2: one out there. Yeah, Uh, we're cooked, bro. It's over. I just feel like the good times, they're not guaranteed. Uh, Being diehard Yankee fans that have grown up, uh, watching the Yankees in the glory days, and now we're uh, grown men in, in the media, like, this is not the great time to be a Yankee fan covering the Yankees. I don't know where we're headed. What do you think?
6: Well, to be fair, Keith, I didn't expect to hear anything earth shattering from a positive standpoint today because you knew for weeks, the Yankees were running it back. The audit they talked about was as fugazi as it gets. We all knew Brian Cashman was coming back. We all knew Aaron Boone was coming back. But I think my big takeaway from hearing Hal Steinbrenner today and hearing Brian Cashman drop a bunch of F-bombs, be defiant, talk about how great the Yankee process is, Keith, the Yankee organization is so tone deaf and
2: so clueless to the reality of the Oh, they're lost. they're lost. They're lost. They're not on the same page as us at all. There's such a disconnect.
6: Well, I, I, that's what I mean. You talk to Yankee fans all the time. I talk to Yankee fans all the time. They're in your life. They're in my life. They call your show. They call my show. Yankee fans are disgusted. Yankee fans are... And, and let's let's be real about something. They are never going to be able to duplicate what they did in the 1990s. That's no. special stuff. Way that's over. Four to five Done. championships That's going to the World Series five out of six years. I don't think we'll see that, Keith, in our lifetime. That's not the standard that we're talking about. The idea that you are satisfied with your process, the idea that you think everything is effing good... When you went 82-80 and and you finished in fourth place and your team stinks and was dead to rights for the last six weeks of the year, if that doesn't tell you there's a problem, dude, I don't know what will. I I really don't.
2: JJ, I I said this. I'm like, I, I like to see Brian Cashman this uncomfortable. I like to see him this bothered because you know what? This, to me, I think is signaling the end. I think that if he doesn't have a great winner and that doesn't turn into a great Yankee season, which... I don't know what the bar of great is for him anymore. But for us, like our standards now, uh, after the whole fire Cashman night and the T-shirts and how many people were talking about, oh, he needs to go online. Like, I need this guy to be motivated to have his best offseason and season ever. And if he doesn't, it might be time to go. It might be an end of an era. Because I think what we learned today is how and Cash, they're on different pages. Hal's tone was completely different than Brian Cashman's. And the stuff that Hal talked about, completely different than Cash. And I said in my open, I think that Cashman heard what Hal said, and that fired him up even more because Hal was kind of admitting fault. Hal said the fans didn't get what they deserved. And, and, you know, this season was unacceptable. And, like, having a winning record is a requirement and all these different things where it felt like Cashman wasn't giving at all. I don't know why he was so defensive. I don't understand how you have a month to think about what to say and – you come out with all these rehearsed lines about we we have the least we have the, we have the smallest analytics department in the AL East. Is that a surprise to you, Brian? Nobody's asking you about that. Like he he literally went on and tried to respond to Yankees Twitter in a 20 minute media scrum. It was incredible.
6: Well, and that's my thing, Keith. You've known for weeks you're facing the media at the GM meetings and the Yankees. Let's be real about this. They didn't have the end of the year presser in October. They kind of left it in September when Cashman met the media. I think it was a scrummy Yankee Stadium. Maybe it was a scrum on the road and basically said the season was, you know, an abject failure. And he was was right about that. But they've kind of been working, right? Like you've been waiting to hear from them. And we've never heard Brian Cashman like that. You know, normally Cash, and he's been doing this forever, he gives you the long-winded answers. He knows how to answer a question without saying a whole lot. He'll drop some subtle hints here and some subtle hints there. But for the most part, he gives you nothing. Today he was on the defensive to your point. He was going back and forth, defending you know some of the trades that he's made the last few years. let's be real, have been an abomination. And, and you know Joel Sherman had a great exchange with him. I'm sure everybody's seen it at, at this point on Twitter and it was back and forth and it was about really Volpe, nice about the young me. players. David's attachment. He didn't even mention the Donaldson trade, which to me is a fireable offense. The idea that they took on $50 million for that guy in 2022 and for all of 2023, and he performed like that, you know, they mentioned a montage, they mentioned Joey Gallo, and those trades stunk. Donaldson's the coup de grace, dude. Nothing's worse than that Donaldson
1: trade.
2: Jay, you know what's crazy, bro? He, He said this. He says he gets a kick out of people calling the Joey Gallo and Sonny Gray trades bad, and his quote was, since Joey Gallo left us, who's picked him up? Two playoff teams. Sonny Gray, he's currently in the competition for a Cy Young Award. That's an indictment on you. How come you couldn't get the better version out of them? How come you couldn't get them to perform here in the Bronx? You gave up more to get them than these other teams did.
6: 1,000%. And I think it's far more about Gray than Gallo. Look, Gallo is what he is. He's a flawed player. I mean, the Dodgers... Uh, they barely played him. He stunk for them. I think in Minnesota last year, they didn't even put him on the postseason roster because he was so bad. But I think Sonny Gray is a major indictment of the failures of the Yankees. You know, the similarities you see with Sonny Gray and Jordan Montgomery, they're different because Jordan Montgomery had more success here, Keith. But with Sonny Gray, you know, people said, oh, he can't handle a big stage. He can't handle a bright life in New York City. That was total nonsense. The Yankees tried to change what kind of pitcher he was. Right. It failed miserably. So he leaves whatever the Yankees are trying to tell him to do, uh, whether it's their analytics, whether it's their pitching philosophy, whatever the case may Larry be. Larry Rothschild. And, and, Blake, and, and let's be real. Matt Blake, for the most part, has been pretty good. Like He's like the least of my worries as far as Yankee concerns. He wasn't there when Sonny Gray was a part of the pitching staff. But, yeah, I give the Yankees heat for the fact that he's got a Cincinnati and his pitched well, and he goes to Minnesota and he's pitched well. And Montgomery – they didn't want him throwing his fastball. He goes to St. Louis in Texas and has done nothing but shove since he's left the Yankees. That's another trade. Listen, we all love Harrison Bader. Great story, local kid, and he did hit in the playoffs, so I don't want to ignore that. But Harrison Bader's a
5: 240 weak
6: hitting center fielder, and you gave up the injury-prone and came here baseball. hurt. Cashman's trades and track record the last four years, he could try to spin it any which way he wants, and I think you and I are pretty respectful of what he's done throughout his career. He's had a great career. I'm not trying to disparage that. But it's what have you done for me lately. Yep. The last four years have stunk. Yep. You haven't won in 14 years. And Keith, I don't know if you feel this way. The Yankees are stale. They can try to spin it any which way they want. They're a stale, boring organization.
2: Every which way. Dude, we have to watch Giancarlo Stanton suck. That 190. Yeah, DJ LeMay, you started to figure it out in the second half. But it wasn't good enough. When you talk about the Yankees being stale, I'm going to games and I'm sitting next to fans and they don't they don't know who's in left field. They don't know who Franchi Cordero is, Willie Calhoun, Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney. They don't know who some of these guys are. And it's like, these are the New York Yankees. They're supposed to have the best of the best. It's not good enough. And the reason that they default into some of these guys is because they don't allocate funds properly. You you shouldn't have had $50 or $50 million tied up. In the Josh Donaldson, you 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 don't need to trade for a, a Frankie Montas because you miss out on a Luis Castillo, right? You, you don't you don't need to. There's so many little things that have piled up. I say it's a comedy of errors, and I think now it's gotten to the point where, like, when you're wrong so much, like Brian Cashman has been recently, like you go on the defensive because there's no way you can actually defend all the mistakes you've made.
6: And the only way, Keith, that they're getting out of this in a positive light this year is if they swing for the fences and get a guy like Juan Soto. You know, look, they're bringing the entire operation back. I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it. I, I've kind of digested it. Accepted no, but, it. Let's, let's, but Let's, let's stop on leave.
2: that, JJ. Everywhere else, I spoke on this tonight, everywhere else they fire head coaches, GMs, they cut players. They oh, treat...
6: I get it. Like... Listen, Keith, I, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. Think about this for a minute. The Boston Red Sox, and they were wrong to do this. They broke a curse. For 86 years, there was beer and fried chicken, and they collapsed down a stretch, and they showed Tito Francona walking papers. The Cubs, they hadn't won a World Series in like 100 years. Joe Madden wins the World Series. They fired him. It is amazing, and you're so right about this. The Yankees went from an organization with George, and I'm not saying it was right in the 80s, and they were dysfunctional, but they fired everybody. Now... I don't know what it takes to lose your job. How, How came Day. out
2: today and said this season was unacceptable, but he's accepting it because everyone's coming back. It doesn't make sense. If right. it's unacceptable, heads have to roll. You can't say it's unacceptable, but I'm accepting it.
6: Well, and that's what you've seen. That, see, that's why. Like And especially when midway through the year, he's kind of hitting at the fact that he's going to make changes. Everybody keeps waiting to see what these changes Dylan are going to be. Dylan Lawson? We have, we have Come on. Dylan off.
2: Lawson can't be the sacrificial lamb. He doesn't matter. Just like Carlos Mendoza doesn't matter. New Mets manager.
6: Well, and maybe they should take a page out of the playbook of the Texas Rangers. They hire a Hall of Fame manager in Bruce Bochy. You're going to sit there and tell me he didn't make a difference this year? Of course he did. (laughs) No,
2: because Bruce Bruce Bochy would push back on some of your pregame meetings when you want to spit out a different lineup every day where you want to rest one of his hitters that's having a hot week. Bruce Bochy would say, no, 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 no. Leave these guys. Leave these guys in the same spot in the lineups, the same spot in the field so that they can continue doing what they're doing every day. We don't need to change things up.
6: There are only a few guys who have that clout now. And anybody who thinks Aaron Boone has that clout in making the Yankee lineup is a fool.
2: No, he went 82-80. and, 82 and 80. I don't you know that how you run it back 80 with the manager that, that has the doesn't. worst season in, in the last 30 years. I think if you wanted to fire a, a manager, right, you, you fired the manager after he took you to Game 7 of the ALCS – you can't fire a guy. That's the first thing they said today. Oh, we talked to everybody, uh, you know, from Andy Pettit to Nick Swisher, and we all decided Boone should come back. Sure.
6: Well, that's another thing. Why all of a sudden is Nick Swisher's opinion holier than now within the Yankees? Because he, I, because I, he, uh, else, he was the only Yankee willing to run out with the flag the for the postseason like
2: two years ago.
6: <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, dude? Like there are, there are now all these stories that come out and say, oh, well, the players like him. Well, that's great. The player's like Todd Bowles, too. What what, is, what does that mean? I don't care.
2: No. I don't I, care. Not if I were in the team. JJ, the thing with Boone, I, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I haven't met him. But he just gives me these cool dad vibes where he's too cool. judgy and Glaby and Kingy. Like, uh, there shouldn't be pet names for your players. You're supposed to be the guy in charge. And the only time I see you get mad and act like an authority figure is when you're talking to the home plate ump. Which sits stale and tired. I mean let's doesn't see, help. I don't know if you
6: felt this way. No, too, you, you know, you like, know, bro. We've been buddy, in we've been in the stadium I'm and tired. I'm like, this
2: isn't helping our cause. It's always Yankees versus the Umps because these umps have it out for Aaron Boone and he just loves to get in their face, uh spit in their face and get thrown out of games. And the Yankees didn't respond this year. Carlos Mendoza, you know, he got his manager experience this year because Boone got thrown out 10 times. And the team did not respond in those games when Boone got sent out. It started in like 2019 where the the team would rally in Boone's honor. But after a while, it's like you can't keep going to that trick.
6: Look, the Yankees
2: are in a position
6: where I think the fan base and the morale is as low as I ever can remember it. Honestly, I, I, I don't know if you feel differently, but I can't think of a time where I've been, and I know, I, I understand the Yankees have a losing season since 1992. I know it, it's coming from a different place than maybe being a Jet fan or a Mets fan or, you know, for me, a Miami Dolphins fan. Well, my team doesn't want to play game the end of 20 years. Like, I get it, it's a different standard, but the lowering of standards, and lowering of expectations and how they are tolerated in Yankee land is really tough to take.
2: Yeah, I've, I've never heard so many Yankee fans say they're out, they're not going to the stadium, they're not even watching games. I'm like, what? Like people that I like know that love the Yankees, like, ah oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't even watch this series. You you didn't watch the series. Like, no, I can't stand to watch it, bro. They just lost nine games in a row. I'm out.
6: Well, that was twenty twenty three in a nutshell. And the shame of it, Keith, is they have a top three player in the sport in judge. They have a pitcher in Cole who was amazing and won the American League. He's going to win the American League Cy Young and did everything you could have asked him to do. And outside of the dud he had in Boston, I mean, the guy is delivered every which way for the Yankees. You're going to waste those two guys' prompts I mean, I don't know how you don't at this stage in the game. The way the Yankees are set up, the way the Yankees are being run, I'm, I'm not overly confident that... They're going to have that puck gold at the end of the rainbow for Aaron Judge no, and Derek Holland. No, all
2: today, up. today just confirmed that nothing is changing. Don't expect much change. They're smarter than all of us. They don't need to change. Brian Cashman literally told you. He said, "I think we're pretty effing good, and uh, I think we have good baseball people." Basically, thumbing his nose at everybody that's been critical of him and his mistakes, and saying, "No, we're good. We're we're gonna we're gonna push forward this year." Injuries happened, and he said the injuries injuries are not an excuse it's a fact to why things went a certain way well in my opinion you've been getting hurt every year really consistently since 2019 why not have better players on the bench why not have better backups and have insurance on all of your guys potentially going down have better contingency plans uh Aaron Hicks is going to suck In, in the event he sucks don't keep rolling him out there Oswaldo Cabrera was a a uh, career infielder in the minor leagues. Now you're expecting this guy to be an outfielder. How many guys do we watch try and play left field? It just doesn't work, right? It, it's it's sad that they will not accept what they've done. They they just keep ducking accountability, responsibility.
6: And if you're Cashman, you know how many people at the GM meetings were probably giving him that a voice? Because <laughs> he can go and run his mouth. And there is no fear of repercussion.
2: The eternal see, GM. He's see,
6: safe. The thing. His job he is safe. He knows he has a job for life. So Anybody else would be fired talking like kid, that. You know, like, oh, yeah, the now figure he can do it, Keith. That's the sad thing.
2: JJ, they're talking about firing Bill Belichick, but they won't fire Brian
6: Cashman. <laughs> wow, it's absurd. It's absurd. And again, if you think the Yankees right now are being well run, you're a part of the problem. Let's be honest on that. If you think the Yankees right now are being well run, and and, they, and don't tell me that they went to the ALCS last year, because for the better part of a calendar year they've been under 500. They have not been anywhere close to as good as they were in 2017 when they were one win away from a World Series. They have done nothing but take steps back. So you know, remember when Garrett Cole was supposed to be the missing piece, Keith, for this Yankee sure, team? Sure, yeah. Him and Luis, him and Luis Severino,
2: were going to be a one-two punch, two aces. It's
6: amazing. And that's why 2017 is a good lesson if you're a sports fan. When you got a chance, you never know when you're getting back. And, you know, I have to admit, when the Yankees lost that series, I was so positive, dude, because I thought they'd be back. I had a schedule. I thought it was only the beginning. You know what I mean? I thought it was only the beginning. If you were to tell me in October of 2017. That you and I be having a conversation, and the Yankees have not appeared in a World Series. I would have said you certified what he's
2: saying, man. Yeah, but you like, didn't—you didn't know that they were going to hire a manager who had never managed before. You didn't know that they were going to bring on John Carlos Stanton, and he was going to turn into nothing. He was like you didn't know that. <laughs> there's so many moves. There's so many false moves that happen, right? You didn't know that some of the baby bombers were going to turn into nothing. You well, didn't, didn't know that the they were going to pass on generational talent. Third
6: and Andahar ended up being stiff. Every single one of them.
2: That is their fault, and they keep ducking accountability. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a bunch of more calls on this all night. But, J.J., JJ, JJ you're the man. We got to link up. Uh, I got to get some golf clubs for Christmas, and I got to join you and Paulie out there. Um, I got to figure out how to even play. Well,
6: but you're an athlete, dude. You'll pick it up easy. You'll pick it up easy. I need golf lessons. I need clubs go. and lessons. JJ, I
2: think that's what I'm going to ask for JJ, for Christmas. Get you
6: golf clubs for Christmas. Work on it. And then I'll see you, we'll play in the spring, and then I'll see you at the David Cohn outing in July, and you'll be hitting bombs.
2: Exactly. And tell your wife I said hello. We do have to get together, get our wives together for dinner. I like the sound
6: of that plug. Keep up the good work, man. It was a good good therapy session, warming me up for TV in about an hour. So I yeah. appreciate
2: yeah. it. Yeah, I'll see you in the Delta Suite. My man, JJ After Dark, John Jaskremski on the fan. All right, 877-337-6666. I mean, that's as real as it gets. I mean, you guys used to listen to JJ in the overnight – me, the last couple years at nighttime, uh, whenever JJ and I link up at the stadium, it's all love. Uh, I, I run into JJ at the All Star game and uh, other baseball things, and media things. And we're both Yankee fans around the same age that grew up in the same era. Uh, we've sat in Yankee Stadium and watched some terrible games and left. And, you know, we got to talk about them for a living. <laughs> we wish it was better. We wish it was better times to be a Yankee fan. But the reality is we're not kids anymore. The reality is we're never getting uh, that dynasty that we had again. No one is in baseball, I don't think. But it seems like the Yankees aren't so committed to winning as they once were. They kind of sold you that dream. You got brainwashed. You got sucked in. And now, you know, I honestly think the the reason that they're so smug, the reason that they're so condescending to the media and the fans, well, really Brian Cashman, uh, Hal's, you know, his demeanor was a little bit better was because they they have excuses built in. And the one thing that we don't get to see that's results-based is the money. Right? When they crunch the numbers, their money isn't that different from winning 99 games to winning 82. But for, for us, it's a drastic difference. Missing the postseason, losing all of those series, having all of those miserable trips to the stadium. So what's going to change? I don't know. Do I think that they're going to go get Yamamoto and all these? I don't. My hopes, I, I have no hopes. Hope, hope, hope. I, I have no hopes. I hope to see uh, all my friends on opening day. Shout out to the Bleacher Creatures. I'll be in 203. We'll be in the bodega for sure. I hope to see all the season ticket holders from friends in the 400, 300 to to legends. Uh, I, I hope to pop in the perfect suite and get uh, some little mini crab sandwiches or, or uh, lobster sandwiches and uh, I hope to slide through the Delta suite and, and see everybody there. And, you know, that's, that's what Yankee Stadium and the Yankees have become. It's a hangout for Yankee fans to talk about the glory days and uh, hope for them to come back. But, I don't know, hopes are, are low. It's not uh, the greatest times.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.